Hi, I'm Cody Alexander of MatchQuarters.com. Welcome to another episode of the Art of X show. Today, we are going to be talking about attacking a two-bag zone-centric offense. I think this is something that at every level, everybody's seeing more and more of. Uh, it's something that's kind of become the NCA offense, if you will, uh, attacking people with split zone, ISO, which I call insert or zip. Uh, then you have the slice read off of it. You have then counter and power all off the same thing. Don't forget wide zone when they go into a pistol offense. So it, what they're trying to do is get everything to look the exact same pre-snap wise and then changing it post-snap. Everything is built off of this. So if you are a split zone offense and you're going to run zone, you can run man blocking up front versus a four down and insert the Y, and now you've got ISO. You can run split zone. Your split zone action looks just like counter. Then if you want to keep the H back front side, you can run power. From there, you now have all of the waggles and the boots that you can imagine off of it. You can even run split zone and not even block the, the D end. Let that tight end go into the flat and throw him an RPO off of that you have all the options off of it so it has really become one of those offenses because zone kind of looks like down blocking anyway to the naked eye is that now you've created everything from the same pre-snap look and it makes it really difficult for the offense so defensively We've got to come up with things that are going to give those things problems. And today we're going to talk about one, one thing in particular. Movement is usually away from the running back in his own citric offense. So when anytime that you're going to attack a H-back sniffer, Y-off offense, you always want to kind of ID what is going on in the box. Is the tight end and the running back on the same side? Are they split? Is it to the passing strength or is it to, away from the passing strength in, in regards to the running back? Because normally in just kind of spread 101 rules is that the, wherever the running back is, that tends to be the option side. So you want to kind of have an idea when you're breaking down an offense, you want to go through the backfield sets. Where are the tight end and running back in relation? And then what are the plays ran off of that? In a typical, anytime they're split, you can get stretch, you can get split zone, uh, you can get insert uh, or ISO. When they're stacked, that's usually when you're seeing gap schemes like downhill power, same side power, or they're running, they're running counter the other direction. At my level here at Texas, what I've noticed is when they're stacked away from the two receiver side, that's when you get the jet motion. When they're stacked to the receiver side, that's when you're getting the same side power. When they're split, it's kind of when you get the same side counter. So really, it all comes down to how you break down the offense. But normally, the movement is away from the running back. And that will come into a kind of hand when we start talking about the path that I'm going to talk about. Tight is becoming the new norm. When you find something that becomes normalized, you're going to start getting a reaction from the offense. You're going to get standard best practices ways to attack that. One of the best ways to attack the tight front is just down blocks. You're just washing everybody down. It doesn't matter if you lag the nose or not because you're just going to get a down block on that. The, the center's going to station and just wait for the nose to make a decision before he either comes off or he ends up taking the nose with the help of the guard. You're getting ear holes from the guards to kind of knock them over, depending 
depending on which way you're going. So you're, you're getting things like pin and pull gap schemes and, and other types of things like that. You need to have a way of running different things from a four down. You need to be able to run your creeper from a four down. You need to be able to run things that you normally ran from an odd front from a four down look. So one, it doesn't change it up for your kids, but you change the pre-snap picture for the offense. It, it, and here's the deal. Anytime you line up in a four down, they're going to react as though it's a four down. But if you can change the way that you fit things, let's say you're a tight front team and, and hey, we're, we're getting washed with these down blocks. We need to find a way to run more four down looks. You can still do that and run a lot of the creeper pressures that you have and these simulated pressures that you have from a kind of a what I call a, a stack front or a deuce front where you have two twos on top of the guards. You can even run it from an over front as well, or even an under G is what I call it with the nose instead of being in a shade and on top of the guard. So you need a way to run these creepers and sims from a four down as well. One path in particular that I have really come to fall in love with in, in really the past, the past year uh, and, and really started last year is the Aranda's Mex pass. And what this does is it attacks the center. We're going to float the center. We're essentially we're essentially going to send the tackle in the nose opposite, and we're going to leave that center all by himself, and we're going to insert a linebacker off of him. Now, there's different ways of running it, but that is essentially a zone-killing scheme, and it's a creeper that you can run in your base attack and it's something that you can run on every downs it's great versus empty it's great on third down it's great on for on early downs uh, especially when you know you're getting rpos or hey i need still that seven man distribution let's go ahead and run our some of these creepers and sims mex is a great sim to run against the modern zone centric two back offense now, there are several ways that you can run this pressure. You can either cop with the nose or you can cop with the tackle. Now, some people prefer to cop with the nose. Other people prefer to cop with the tackle. What do I mean by cop? That means contain pressure. So here is Aranda's version. This is from their nickel set. They're in an over front. What you're going to see here is you've got a DN working contain. He's going to, he and he's really looking at the tackle right here. If he gets a face, He's going to stay forward. If he gets butt side, he's just going to call what I call station. And he's going to kind of sit in that C gap. That nose is running what I call a knob, nose to B. So he's going to run a knob stunt. So if we get a down block, that DN is just going to sit here. If we get this, that DN can either fold back inside or he can kind of, he can kind of uh, hover right there or he can rush up the field and, and contain. So he can do different things with, with that. Now, Aranda likes to send the linebacker away from the running back. Others prefer to send it with the running back. Now, remember, most of the time, if you get zone, you're going to get it going this way. So what he's trying to do is read the V of the neck. That's what this V technique is. So in a typical zone, if the center were to work this way in a full zone, that Mike would attack the A gap, and then he would dip and rip into this B gap knowing that may, the guard's probably going to latch on to that nose. If you end up getting kind of a man blocking where he works this way, okay, and then he works here, 
and they double these guys, what you're going to end up getting is a run through through the A gap. There's no one there. Now you have immediate pressure. Now he's either going to have to have to work off. Now he has leverage or he's going to have to work off as he's working here. And now he can he can adjust his pass. So so they're bringing the linebacker to the backside. OK, you still have your front. It doesn't really matter. You have a knob stunt. You cop with him. He's going to work through the tackle's hip. So the way that this is working, he is going to attack this tackle's hip. If the tackle works down, he's going to cross face and work outside. He's going to cop. If the tackle works out, he's going to pin that tackle and climb vertically. So that's how that works. Knowing that if he climbs vertically, he's going to end up backdooring it. If he gets pushed by the guard, He's going to keep widening. Eventually, he's going to be in a cop position, means that he will have contained. Now, what the, the boundary backer here is looking for is the tackle. If he gets a face, he's going to fold. If he gets butt side, he's going to what I call a hover technique, and he's just going to hover or he's going to drop. If he gets, and if obviously, if he gets a pass drop, he's going to drop into where he needs to go. Now, you can run any coverage from this. I just showed Aranda was running uh, one rat behind it. This is a trap two scheme by Indiana. You can also run cover three. You can run almost anything that you want. This is a really good one to run like six buzz. So in, instead, of, uh, instead of him getting the seam, you can have him swipe. He drops to the third. He drops into that hook, and now you've got your cover three. So you can run any coverage you want out of this. You can even run quarters. Obviously, uh, Indiana's running a trap two in this in this picture. So again, looking at this, if you're going to get some, like let's say it's down, okay, or or duo, and you're you're getting you're getting a down block here. He's sealing off here. He's going to work here. Now I've got the natural run through. He's going to bounce it out. He's staying outside. I've got a trap here. I've got him folding over as well. Now I've got numbers. So it, that's another good one. It, that's another good way uh, of running it. If the tight end was over here and you were getting split zone, this is really nice because you're going to get that full zone action over here. He's going to end up crossing face here and being outside. You're going to get him to work through that guard. Now, as these guys are working down, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to penetrate right here. It allows me to fold it. And really what that's doing is it's cutting the running back off and making him work vertical. And now I'm funneling the ball here and I can funnel the ball back here where he can fold in. So it ends up being, it, it's really good versus zone teams. The way that we teach it here at Life School, I go ahead and make it really easy for high school kids. I just tell them, automatically cross face unless you just cannot so if we get splits on here center works this way we're crossing face no matter what now one thing that i did pick up on that was something that that people started working was that they would go ahead and let him work and then they would bring the guard and almost trap the mic that was something that we saw an adjustment to from a team this year that we ran so just kind of an fyi if everything ends up working fine we want to spill any kind of block that comes and so now i'm still getting that fold player here and we still should be okay uh, you also have again a fold player here we should still have three people in a in a in the attack part also with that 
he should be almost a free player knowing that he, knowing that that guy pulls, he should be able to be right there. And, and kind of, even though he's getting washed out, he should have the angle on the tackle. So just something to think about as, as you're kind of going through your mind, how would this work? How, how does this look versus different run schemes? That was an, a reaction that we got from one of the teams that we played this year. I thought it was a good little scheme. They went ahead and said, look, we're just going to fold that guard almost like a giraffe on zone. So that's something to look for when, as an answer uh, to, teams that, to teams that see you run this. The D end to the three tech is going to drop. And I like that at the high school level because it just makes everything easier now if you have a bad dude at nose and he can cop from a nose let him do it uh, that's great but what i have found and the more that i watch other teams that run this it's just easier to drop the guy to the three technique and so you go ahead and you drop him to a three technique now what ends up getting you into trouble sometimes is like this you get a GT pole and 10 personnel, and what's this guy doing? He's technically supposed to cop, right? But you get the nose that pushes here. That's why, it, you know, when you teach this, you can teach this as like a kind of a, a read stunt where, look, if we get GT, you can fold back inside. He can fold back inside, and you end up creating a cop out here, a cop out here and what you really create is kind of what a, a real fluid front off of that. Uh, the nice thing about this stunt in particular is that you can actually do some things with both your DNs to where that they can share, they can share some things. So for instance, if he flares, he can go with it, knowing that you're probably going to get some sort of a cop and then he can fold back inside knowing that he's working for the cops. So there's other ways that you can run this and teach this, whatever depends on you. The easiest way that we found to do it was just look, hey, you're a cop, knob, you're going to cop from the B gap. He's your fold player or your addition to the pass. You're going to have him cross face with the center, and then he's reading the back to stack the back. And that's kind of what we found We found the easiest to be. And you can see how it just creates mass humanity. This is a nice job by the three tech. He gets the down block and he get, works outside. Now, the key here is if you get a down down, so we're getting a gap scheme or we're getting zone away from the, th the three technique is he now has to cop and then he's becomes the station player or what I call Rico's or ri ricochet. He's got a ricochet back down looking for the polars. Cause normally if you're getting down, down there, no, not a lot of teams run same side zone. So if I'm the three technique right here and I get, I feel it down, down and the back is away from me, I gotta be thinking gap scheme. So the moment that I get that, I need a Rico and I need to be looking for anybody coming down the line. Remember, he's a cop player. He's contained. So as I'm ricocheting, I want to box it so because I'm going to have fold players in behind me. I don't want to spill something to a soft edge. That's another thing that gets you in trouble when you run this scheme is that if you get him to work out, he recos back, he spills that polar, that thing bounces out. Well, if he folds back in, you've got no force player on the outside. You don't have anything to come back. So what when you're, when you're teaching it, as I rico, Back here, if I get a polar, I want to box that thing and force that thing back inside to my help back here. So we're getting GT right here. Nose does a good job of widening. He's checking quarterback, and then he can fold back inside, and it just becomes a jumbled mess on the inside. The linemen don't know who to block. You get you get 
intense pressure here. You get the three tech out here. You get him folding. He's folding. He should be working back. They're all reading the running back at this point. Running back really doesn't know where to go because you're getting he sees he sees that flash of white outside. He sees him outside. He knows he's got to follow his blockers, and he ends up just squatting in the middle. He ends up running into the Mike Backer, who's the one that we ended up sending on a pressure. Here's a good look at it versus zone. So you're going to get the center to the nose. Okay, so this is typical man blocking zone. You're going to get the center to the nose. The nose runs a knob stunt, and then he's working vertically. You get, you get the cop here. You get the knob here. Center works really aggressively. And look at how nice this thing opens up. It's a nice lane right here. He's going to cop through here. He can stab or he can run. Now, we've done, we do it as a five-man pressure, and we also do it as a simulated pressure. So it's something that we can tag whether we want that ad or we don't want that ad. So we can send it right here. And look, he just runs right through, makes a tackle in the backfield. Now, the one thing, the coaching point on this, is that the will linebacker needs to stay flat reading the run running back. So essentially what this would end up being is he's going to work here and attack that outside, that, that new outside shoulder here. He should be working back this way and eventually fold back inside. So you have two guys right there. It almost ends up looking like a cross dog. Now, if we were to be running this as, as, a, as a creeper pressure or, or a simulated pressure, we should be able to get him to fold back inside. So that actually ends up becoming that guy that, that he's right there. And that's really kind of why I, I more or less uh, taught it this year as a five-man pressure to keep it as simple as possible because I got let, I, was, I was there late. We didn't really – we were kind of designing these things, and we kind of liked it more to keep it as simple as possible. But when you run it like this, you've got that – this kid can't bury up. He's got to keep folding inside – and what you should get with an out with a base block like that is him popping back inside. Uh, so that's something that that's something to think about when you run those creeper pressures. And then we've got we've got everybody round. That's a really good look at the zone. Here's another look at the here's another look at the split zone. They this is a this is a state championship team in Stephenville. They their center does a good job of checking. He sees that he sees that it's a knob. And then what we tell our guy is that he really needs to cross face of this center. Even though he stays front side, it still ends up working. There's no way, there's nowhere for him to go. Three technique can't peek inside. This is what we call shaking the vending machine. Look, no one's ever beat the vending machine. You can't go up and hit somebody thick like that down the center of somebody and then expect to actually make a play. You've got to hold your half a man. I've got to get you to close this B gap. I got a speedster who can come off the edge and really make a play right here. I need you to hold your gap so everything funnels to all of our help. Look at all of our help in the middle. Even though he stays right here, I've got a guy working down. We can correct that. That's not an issue. Look, look at the guys I got right here. I'm fine right here. If even though he makes a mistake, we can't give up this alley. Now, luckily, luckily, it doesn't end up being a big deal. The running back does find it, though, but we're able to collect him in the backfield. That And the Mike backer, because he's able to swim move, that he ends up making the play. But if our three technique doesn't shake the vending machine, 
see, he's fine right here, but we don't get any extension into the body, the body of the O lineman. Look, the O lineman's in control right now. Now we're shaking the bending machine. Now we're in the middle. Look, these guys are state championship O linemen. It's one of the best O lines in the state. You go run down the middle of them, you're not going to do anything. So right here, him dipping inside, he can't do that. At, at the end of the day, if you end up hitting thick and you're shaking the bending machine, get outside and help your teammates. But luckily, we've got enough pursuit, and our Mike Backer is good enough that he was able to make that with the DN kind of fish hooking back inside. But you can see how even if you make the mistake, uh, we don't cross face right here. I would prefer that he cross his face here. And that allows him to fit here. He is, we're running, we're running man coverage. So he's working across. You're able to hold that. I don't want him to, to work past the, past the mesh point. He does a good job of retracing and making, making the play. But you can see that even if the mic were to have cross face running back leaks, I've got him here. I've got him here. So you can let them read it. You can let them feel it. Uh, this one ends up working. But again, you know, I look at that more of survival bias. We were able to swim, move and get off of that and make the play. But we do get that penetration that we want. That running back doesn't end up hitting the point that he wants to, and he has to work back. Anytime we can get the running back going east and west, that's what we want. So I want to give you some examples from the college level just to kind of give you a cleaner picture than, than my live school clips. So here's a good example of Louisiana running the Mex pass from a four-down front, just, to, just like you saw live school running it. Now here, he's not going to cross. He's going to read the V. So if the center goes away, there's no reason that I need to cross. I'm going to go ahead and ear hold that center. Now you can see here, you get the nose down here. He's going to work into the B gap. You get him stationing down the line because he gets the pull away. You get the D end up front working vertically. You get the three tech working vertically everything's walled off and everything gets funneled right to the fold back. Notice how that linebacker, he's the stack backer that he doesn't have to go very far. He's just working, working, working. The center and the guard end up doubling the mic, which there's no one left for him. He's cut off, cut off. He can't work outside. Everything gets funneled into a phone booth tackle for this linebacker. This is a nice job with the D end also folding, uh, folding inside and then the safety working down. So this is exactly what you want out of that. Womack at South Alabama, he was at Indiana. I showed you Indiana's version of this in a trap too. This is a film example of it. He, he took it down with him uh, into, into South Alabama. They're running this from an under front. So you can see right here, center goes away. He's going to work off the butt side of the center. He ends up working into the guard who comes off. You get split zone. Look at the penetration off of this. So the ball is on the ball's on the 24. You end up getting penetration right there and stagnating it on the line. You get the stack backer. You get the safety fitting right or the nickel fitting right there. And, and look at that nice job right there by the stack backer. Stack backer, again, it, it ends up becoming a phone booth tackle right there. He just keeps folding until he gets to the back. So, again, nice example of the Mex path versus a zone-centric offense. Now, here's a good look at – uh, Wisconsin running it versus a pass. This is, and it's a great pressure versus like if you run cover three versus empty, 
this is a good this is a good one uh, to run as well. Or if you're running some cover one, so you can see they're going to actually cop with the nose right here. He's going to swipe. He's going to work down. Notice how the center, in most cases, the center is going to work to the nose, right? So he gets him going. Now he floats the center. This is exact. This is a great example, and I use this clip because this is what we want. We want to float the center. I've got a linebacker on the center. I need him to win that. He sets him up. And at that point, here's the deal. If it's a pass, and I tell the guys this, look, if it's a pass, I don't care where you go. We tell them to cross the center's face just to make it easy for them. But if you get, if you kind of have a higher level linebacker, somebody that, that's kind of more experienced is a better pass rusher. Hey, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and do this. We always too and empty your, if you're asking, Hey coach, which linebacker do you send? We don't want to send the linebacker to the three receiver side. So it's always the linebacker to the two receiver side. So if you're playing cover one or cover three, that's a good way of adjusting we're usually going to get weak rotation then if we do that or we'll just play man backside he can creep it he can creep back in so you can see right here that that's what they're doing they're swiping here they're working him right here so they actually end up working uh kind of a six buzz look right here weak rotation buzz he ends up working uh back inside quarterback's got to step up and then what that allows is that front side then to rally home you get an up and under by the dn and now you get a sack so in conclusion, let's go through the rundown one more time. The Mex path is great when you're attacking a two-back zone-centric offense. You need movement is usually away from the running back. So this gives you a nice little run-through. If they're a man-blocking team, it makes it really easy for that. It makes it really easy for that Mike to just go ahead and cross, cross the center's face or the backer to cross the center's face or to get a nice read. Then where I would put your linebackers in two-back is in 30s if you're going to run this. That way they both have the same angle and you can work that easily in practice. And it really kind of makes everything stretch for them and they can see it uh, going down. Tight is becoming the norm. So so you want to maybe think about adding some of these peso, these peso creepers and sims, and, and Aranda calls it peso from their four down, or kind of having an over G or a heads uh, alignment to where you've got your, your interior guys on the guards, and you can still get to your tight front fits from a four down look because it doesn't change. There's really... Think about it this way. What's the difference between a two eye and a three? It's half a man. So if you line them up head up, for the most part, if you're a movement, if you're a movement defense anyway, the offense isn't going to know which way they're going anyway. So when you start adding in some of these creeper pressures, there you're not going to get the same looks every time. So yeah, they may be stacked up, uh, but they're not going to know which way you're going, especially if you're using different creepers and sims to go with it need creepers from a four down. I think that that's something that you have to think about as, as you're moving down and that what I'm seeing as a trend uh, at, at the college level especially is that a lot of these teams that were running this tight mint stuff, they're moving away from it in two back and going down to a more four down because it helps with them on duo. It also helps with them against zone. And then this is a pressure that you're starting to see an uptick in kind of what I'm starting to see a little bit more as I watch film from Saturday to Saturday. And it's an easily translatable scheme into, into uh, the high school defense. This is Aranda's Mex path. Uh, so if you're talking with other coaches, you know, hey, have you ran any of the Mex path stuff? Um, this is this is one to think about. And in fact, 
the Saban system calls their their mech's path is actually their cross dog five man uh, fire zone, which you can easily run um, as as a, a creeper sim. This is just you just instead of inserting the second guy, he's just considered a stack backer. So if you already run cross dog. You've got this in your package. You just got to adjust a few things. So if I'm a four down team and I'm like, wow, this looks great. How can I easily translate this? It's just cross dog. It's just, you're not, you're not bringing that second guy off of the, off that guy guys, but it's more of a green dog or a, a read rush. And then look, you're just dropping the DN uh, to the three receiver side. And, and finally, the whole point of this is to float the center. We want the center to be stressed. As, and I showed you that in, in the Wisconsin clip is that you get this washing out of the middle of the field and that center's got to make a decision of, okay, I'm going to either go with this guy crossing my face, right? And once you do that, then you get your fold players coming in from the other side. So that's something to think about as, as, you're, as you're creating an off-season plan. What are things that you want to add in? This is something that I would add in if you're seeing a lot of zone pressures. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Art of X show. Make sure you subscribe to my Substack. Obviously, you can find anything you want on matchquarters.com in the archive. The template shop is open as well. Follow me on Twitter at the underscore coach underscore A. Follow the hashtag Art of X and obviously subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you for being here.